for one, stop using cash. Stop using cash. And the reason why I preach to stop using cash is because when you use cash, you have no accountability. Versus when you use your debit card or your credit card, there is always going to be a record of what you are spending your money on. So when the end of the month comes or the end of your pay period comes and your account is looking sad, you know exactly where to refer back to. Get your water and give some wine. I should have had some wine. With exposure, execution, and consistency, there is nothing you can't do. Just keep planting. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode on the Responsible Homegirl platform, YouTube channel if you're watching here, or podcast if you are enjoying our audio experience. So before we get into today's episode, this podcast is sponsored by the Responsible Homegirls merch line called For Executors Only, period. Our first product that we are dropping is our For Executors Only planner. So this is a six-month dateless planner that is going to actually help you execute. At the beginning of the year, we have all of these amazing goals. We say we're going to do this. We're going to say we're going to do that. But do we do it? No. Half the time, it's because we're lazy or we procrastinate. We just keep putting stuff off and off. But the other half of it is we keep too much up here. What are you writing down? Pen and paper is still my best friend because if I don't write it down, it's not going to happen. I'm as consistent and as disciplined as I am in my personal and professional life because I write things down, I journal, I reflect, I look back on everything and I make improvements. So the For Executors Only planner is simply wanting to help more young adults actually execute, actually do what you say you're going to do. So now onto today's episode, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite sayings that I always say, manage your money so your money doesn't manage you. I always say this. Now, what does that mean? Manage your money so your money doesn't manage you. We live in a time right now, and I mean, really a lot of people live like this. They are just surviving. They're surviving, they're not thriving. They're living in the moment, they're doing just enough to get by, pay their bi- pay their bills, buy a little outfit here and there, go out to eat here and there, or go out to eat a lot. It really just depends on your financial situation. But they are not managing their money. They are letting their money manage them. And it's not until something drastic happens or something detrimental happens until they realize, wow, I haven't been managing my money. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to manage your money, giving you the basics and really helping you understand how to use money as a tool for your benefit. There are only four ways to use money. Save, spend, invest and give. I call it for short SSIG. Shout out to all my babies out there, my middle schoolers that I taught that to, and really everybody, honestly, because it is a great way for you to remember. In a perfect world, we will want all of these areas to be in balance, meaning that you have money in each and every one of these buckets. But ideally, sometimes it doesn't always happen like that. But what I don't want for you is to have these four columns and it's like zero for save, Then you have thousands in the spend column. Then you have zero in invest and you have zero in give. Make that make sense. And I don't want you to be so surprised and shocked like, dang, zero, thousand, zero, zero. 
Yes, a, a lot of people, that is their whole entire financial situation. But the goal of this podcast, specifically this episode, everything about the Responsible Homegirl is to really help y'all understand that money is deeper than just making it, spending it, and barely saving it. Money is deeper than going to somebody's job or starting our own business, working for the money. It's deeper than spending it. We buy this, we buy that, any and everything to make us feel good in the moment, and then barely saving it. We have to be saving for like something extravagant for us to be saving. But your emergency fund looks crazy. Make it make sense, okay? So take out your notepad, take out your pen. If you're driving, just take it all in and come back to it later because you definitely need to take notes. So starting off, managing your money is all about knowing what you have coming in versus what you have leaving out. And I know that sounds very basic, but sometimes a lot of people, they don't know what they have coming out. They know very well what they have coming in because who doesn't know what's going to be on their paycheck? We look forward to a paycheck. Let's just be real. But when it comes down to our expenses, because we buy this subscription and we swipe our card here and we have cash here and cash there, like you do not know everything that is coming out. So I always encourage everybody that I work with, for one, stop using cash. Stop using cash. And the reason why I preach to stop using cash is because when you use cash, you have no accountability. Versus when you use your debit card or your credit card, there is always going to be a record of what you are spending your money on. So when the end of the month comes or the end of your pay period comes and your account is looking sad, you know exactly where to refer back to. But using cash, nine times out of 10, you are not keeping track of your receipts. Um, I can barely remember what I had on yesterday. You're not going to remember what you bought two days ago or three days ago. So I always encourage people, when you are starting your personal finance journey and you are just building this discipline and making more responsible financial decisions, stop using cash. Use your debit card and or your credit card so there can always be a track of where your money is going to outside of your expenses, okay? So like I said, managing your money is knowing what you have coming in versus leaving out. So I will encourage you, just get a blank sheet of paper. Write down what you have coming in and how often do you have that coming in. When you think about managing your money, the first thing I want you to think about is budgeting. Why? Because budgeting is the basics. And everything that you do is going to flow out of this budget. Period. We like to think about investing and making more money and doing this and doing that. But none of that means anything if you don't have a solid foundation. Imagine building a house and we already thinking about like the chandeliers we're going to have, the nice kitchen with the granite countertops, um, the just anything that you could think of in your dream home. Think about all of that on a rocky foundation. Meaning when you step into your home, there is a chance that you can fall through the floor. Who wants to live there? Not me. So same thing with your financial situation. Think of your financial situation as a house, right? Your foundation is your budget and everything that you do is gonna be built on top of that budget. Built, 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 brick by brick. Make today your last day saying that you have money issues. You don't have money issues. You have management issues. 
This is exactly why I created my ebook called Lifestyle Budgeting. Lifestyle Budgeting is the perfect, perfect resource for anyone who is tired of living paycheck to paycheck, tired of missing out on trips and going out to eat and doing different things that you love to do because the money isn't there. If you're tired of your savings account looking super duper sad, you don't have any discipline, you need the Lifestyle Budgeting ebook, okay? So make sure you click the link below in the description box to purchase your copy. Also, use the discount code, execute. Use that discount code, you get 10% off. Make sure you purchase the ebook and let's get back to the episode. So once you write down your income and how often you get paid, that is going to determine how often you budget. So if you have like a typical nine to five or you work anywhere where you're getting paid bi-weekly every two weeks, that is how often you're going to budget your money. Every time you get paid, you're going to do this, this budgeting method that I'm sharing with you. If you're a bartender or a server or um, just any sort of independent like job where you don't work a or you don't get paid on a consistent basis, you get paid when you work, then I would recommend that you budget once a week. So once that work week is done, budget, 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 budget. Put the money into your bank account, especially if you're dealing hard and heavy with cash. And like I said, use that debit card and use that credit card. Now, coming over to the expense column. This is super duper important. People have more money than they actually think they have. So I tell y'all no lie. I can remember having a budgeting session with a client and we're going through her bank statements. We usually start at the top of the month. So let's just say it's December. We're going to start it. Um, we're going to start the month prior to get like a whole picture. So we're meeting in December. We're going to go back to November bank statements. So starting at November 1st and all the way down to November 30th, looking at what did you spend your money on? So as she is telling me all of these different things that she's spending her money on and I'm writing it all down, typing it out, it's calculating it in the Excel spreadsheet. It's one particular area. Sis was spending over $200 on subscriptions. Over $200 on subscriptions. She surprised me, but she definitely surprised herself because she was like, Kiani, I don't even watch TV that much. What in the world? So when you are going through that expense column, pull out your bank statements. Pull out your bank statements. Start at the top of the month and go all the way down to the end of the month. Do it for the previous month so you can get a full picture of everything that you have coming out automatically. And I guarantee you will find something in that expense column that you probably don't use that much and that you can get rid of, okay? After you have wrote, written down your income versus your expenses, now each and every time you get paid, like I said earlier, you're gonna budget. We have been conditioned to believe that we need to do monthly budgets. We are not doing cookie cutter monthly budgets because that is not sustainable. No. Every time you get paid, you need to budget. So after you have wrote down your income for this pay period, you have wrote down your expenses for this pay period because everything needs to be separated. Now, like I said earlier, four ways to use this money. So if there are four ways to use this money, then that means there are four ways to allocate the money. So with those four columns that I told you to create, SSIG, save, spend, invest, and give. I always say, Pay yourself first, no matter what. Pay yourself first. Well, me personally, I pay God first. So I pay 
10%, 10%. I pay 10% to my church that I go to. Shout out to Fort City Church. Y'all definitely need to check them out. Pay 10% first. And then after that, I'm paying myself. A good rule of thumb is to pay yourself anywhere between 10 and 20%. If you can pay yourself 10 to 20%, oh, you in the game for real. So save anywhere between 10 and 20, 10 and 20%. Save column. Now your spend column. Remember earlier I told you that you needed to basically tally up all of your expenses for that pay period. So whatever that total number is, you're going to take that number and you're going to put that under your spend column. Why? Because that is money that you have to spend and it's going to come out of your account regardless. That's your spend column. Next, you have your invest column. What are you investing? What are you investing? If you are investing outside of your employer, like with a Roth IRA, that's something that you can invest in. If you are investing in your self-education, like you want to learn a new skill, a new talent, you want to take a course. If you are investing in your self-education by purchasing books, by being a part of a membership program that's going to help you grow and take you to the next level, that's investing in yourself. So think about what ways am I going to invest in myself this pay period? And then last but not least, the give column. Giving is so important and it's the thing that most people leave out. One thing that I love that they say at my church for city is we give to give. So as you give, God is like literally giving you more room to give. Don't think of giving as a place of lack. Like, oh, I barely got this, so I can't give you this. No, give because as you give more, God is going to make room to give you more. Give you more so you can give more. So it's like a never ending cycle, right? So like I said, four columns, SSIG, save, spend, invest, and give. So after you have kind of went through each and every one of those areas, now you just start the cycle all back over again. So starting off with saving, what is it that I really want to save for? Don't just save just to save. Save with a purpose. Save with intention. Do you have a trip coming up? Is somebody's birthday coming up? Um, do you want to save just for leisure activities or hobbies? About 70% of Americans don't have $1,000 in their savings account for an emergency. 70% of Americans don't have $1,000 in their savings account for an emergency. So think about it. Do you have your emergency fund fully funded yet? And when I say fully funded, I mean anywhere between three to six months of your expenses, your monthly expenses. If it's not fully funded, that is okay. It takes time to build that emergency fund, but that's one area that you can start pushing out money to. Push it out, push it out, push it out. Because when something comes up, you don't want to be tripping about it because the money is there. You don't want any additional stress because the money is there. So think about other ways beyond um, your emergency fund, ways that you can save and that's going to encourage you and entice you to save and not just spend, spend, spend. So the next column, spend. What, what number would be comfortable for you if you just have it in your checking account? Remember earlier, we talked about expenses, but we didn't talk about the things that fluctuate, go up and down, like food, groceries, gas, um, shopping, any of that stuff. How much money do you want to allocate towards that? So once you choose that number, that's what you have for your spend column. Once it's out, it's out. 
I'm not the type of person that says, oh, I'm only spending $200 eating out or I'm only spending $100 in gas. I'm not doing that. Why? Because that's too much on my mental and it's not sustainable. But if I know for a fact that I only have $400 in my checkings account, after that, if I'm going through that two-week pay period and I'm just spending, acting crazy, then the next decision that I have to make is, am I going to transfer something to my savings or am I just going to have to wait and sacrifice until the next two weeks? So in your spend column, give yourself a reasonable amount that you can have that you'll be comfortable to pay for things that fluctuate and go up and down. Like I said, with shopping, with your gas, with your food, different things of that sort. Next, invest. Uh, we touched on that earlier. And then giving. What do you want to give? It doesn't matter if it's a small, big, medium size. Give something. So all of those four things. So when you are working through, I call it lifestyle budgeting. That's my method of just writing out your income, your expenses, and then allocating your money in those four different columns. There are a few things that I want you to think about. One, your financial goals. If you don't have financial goals, get you some ASAP, like ASAP, because that is going to help you figure out how you want to allocate the money. So an example of how your financial goals help you allocate the money, say for instance, um, you are a person or no, I can actually use a client example. So I had a client who had maybe about $3,000 worth of credit card debt. Now, credit cards are a great financial tool. I'm all for using credit cards because one, they help you boost your credit score. And two, you get more benefits by using a credit card versus a debit card. But the thing is, if you don't know how to effectively use a credit card, it can hurt you more than it can. Yeah, it can hurt you more than help you. So that's a whole nother video, but I'm going to just share this piece. I do not recommend having credit card debt. Why? Because the interest rate is crazy. It's going to be anywhere between 15% plus. And most credit cards, your credit, your credit card interest rate is about 20 something percent. So that is a lot of interest that they are charging you just to borrow the money. So this particular client, she had a little over $3,000 in credit card debt. I said, when do you want to be consumer debt free? She said, in the next year, I don't want to have no credit card debt. So I'm like, okay, let's divide this $3,000 by 12. We are assuming that you're not going to put anything else on your credit card, which may or may not be true, but we can come up with a strategy. Let's just figure out how we're going to pay off this $3,000. So when we divided that $3,000 by 12, boom, that instantly gave us a number of how much extra money she needed to be putting towards her credit card bill so that she could have this paid off. Because it's all good and dandy to just pay the interest, or not just pay the interest, to just pay the minimum payment when you're just doing enough to get by. But no, when I tell you these credit card companies, they make bank off of the people who only pay the minimums, they make bank. Because the interest rate is crazy. So if you are listening to this and you know for a fact you have credit card debt, that would be one of the first debts that I work on because of the high interest rate. And just by doing that simple activity, figuring out when you want to be consumer debt free, dividing it by the amount of months that is, that's going to tell you how much extra money to put towards that. Say, for instance, you don't have all of that extra money to put towards that credit card, um, that credit card debt. Take a portion of it. Take half of it and put to it. 
And anytime you get some extra money coming in, you're going to say, okay, I'm going to put this towards my credit card debt. So that's one example of how having that financial goal can propel you to figure out how to make more responsible financial decisions and really allocate the money. So once we did that activity and she saw that number amount, she's like, okay, well, I need to put more money in my spend column because now I have just made another bill. Any bills that you have, spend column. The money is gone. The money is gone. So another good example of why having financial goals can help you. Um, let's say, for instance, or oh, this is a great example. Every June, me and my sisters, we do an annual sisters trip. If I don't want this to be taxing on my checking account when it comes time to, let's start say we plan in like April, I can start planning in January to pay for this sister's trip in June. If we know on average this trip is going to cost us six to $700, okay, Key, go ahead and start putting a certain amount towards this trip right now so when the time comes, it's not taxing. Does that make sense? I say that like y'all can talk back to me. <laughs> But yes, have financial goals. What do you want to save? What do you want to invest? Do you want your business to grow? What is it going to take for your business to grow if it's going to take something monetary? What trips are you going on? I need you to sit down, get still, and think. And you're going to do this every single pay period. Now, the great thing is, is because you budget every single time you get paid, your financial goals, they probably won't change as often as you get paid. So it's going to be like you are continuously updating on where you are on your goals and you can see that you're making progress. A lot of people, they don't accomplish their goals because they just give up too early because they don't even see how far God has already brought them. Be strategic, plan it out and keep on going. Manage your money so your money doesn't manage you. Our money manages us when we don't have structure. Our money manages us when we don't have a plan. Our money just leaves us. We let it. One time I had a money management class and I gave them a, the example that when you don't have a budget, your money acts like a bad kid. So growing up, my mom did hair. So I was a shop baby, always in the salon. And I could tell my mom would get really annoyed when kids were in the shop and they did not listen. They was just all over the place, moving around, jumping around, just doing stuff that they ain't had no business doing. Your money does the same thing when you don't give it no structure, you don't give it no control. It's just all over the place. It's at Amazon, it's at Chick-fil-A, it's at Target, it's at TJ Maxx, it's at Ross, it's at T-Mobile, it's at your light bill company. Your money is everywhere. And then 10 years, 15 years down the line, you looking back like, dang, you mean to tell me this all I got in my investment account? You mean to tell me I still have to work this job? I can't leave because I need them? No. As young adults, we need to start taking our money more seriously right now because the decisions that we make today will impact us five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. I want us to be ahead of the problem. Let's be um, proactive, not reactive. Let's be proactive, not reactive. Okay? We need to be in control of this financial situation. But the thing is, we try to keep up with the Joneses. We try to do this. We try to do that. And it ends up hurting us in the end. I say there are three things that our generation 
is currently struggling from. One, instant gratification. We want stuff right now, right this moment. We don't want to wait. And I'm speaking to myself as well. There are certain things that I can sacrifice on that are easy for me. But there are also certain things that are very hard for me to sacrifice on. But I always remind myself, Key, come on, let go of the instant gratification. The second thing, materialism. There is nothing wrong with nice things. Like, I love nice things. I'm going to live a very luxurious lifestyle, period. But my nice things do not define who I am. A lot of people, they buy, they purchase nice things, designer items, trying to validate who they are. But that means nothing. You can be standing beside me with some Gucci shoes on. I can be standing right here. I bought my shoes from Target. And that's not going to change a bit of my confidence, a bit of how I show up. I'm going to buy the stuff because I want to buy the stuff, because I like to buy the stuff. Not because I'm trying to look a way. Some people, they don't have a dime in their bank account, but they they got on something designer. Or they spending their last trying to have a look. So don't let that be you. So stay away from instant gratification. Stay away from materialism. And then the last thing is the, is the big one. Comparison. Comparison. Compare yourself to other people when you don't even know what they got going on for real. You don't know what they have going on for real. I read this quote one time that says, um, comparison is a thief of joy. I think that's what it said. Comparison is a thief of joy. You should not be comparing yourself to people, period. One, we live in a generation of flexors, cappers, and it's just, <laughs> this stuff is not real. It's not real at all. And one time I read in this book called Do It Afraid by Joyce Meyer, and she said, comparison is not of God. Why? Because there are two emotions that come out of comparing yourself to other people. One, a spirit of pride, meaning you're looking at somebody and saying, mm, they doing this, I'm doing that, I'm better than them, this, that, and the other. Or the spirit of discouragement, meaning you're looking at somebody, comparing your journey to their journey, and you get discouraged. You're thinking that God isn't blessing you or that you are not doing enough. Like You're just basically... Putting yourself in a position to be down. So comparing yourself to other people leads to two emotions. A spirit of pride or a spirit of discouragement and none of them are God. So both of them kind of like woke me up. In all in all, with those three things that I said, instant gratification, materialism, and comparing yourself to other people, all I can say is run your own race at your own pace run your own race at your own pace stay in your lane if you're driving on the highway you're supposed to be looking forward if you too busy looking to the left looking to the right looking through your rearview mirror in the back nine times out of ten you are going to miss something you are prone to get into an accident because what if the person in front of you is stepping on their brakes but you too busy looking back or you too busy looking to the side then boom, you don't ran right into the back of them. So stay in your own lane. Stay focused on what you have going on. Stay committed to your journey because you do not know. You don't know what other people are going through. You don't know even what I'm going through. Even though I put myself out there on social media, I show y'all the pieces of my life that I want y'all to see. 
Period. I'm just being real. I'm not putting like all of my personal business on social media. So same thing when you're looking at other people's lives, other, other people's lives, they are showing you what they want you to see. Same thing. So don't let that social media stuff fool you. Stay committed to your journey. Manage your money so your money doesn't manage you. Get in the habit of making sacrifices. I'm telling you that right now. And sacrifices are not cool at all. Sacrifices don't feel good. It takes a whole lot of discipline. But guess what? They will pay off. There's a reward on the other side of that sacrifice. There's a reward. I heard a quote one time that said, if you want to live like no one else lives, you have to live like no one else lives. So good. I got to say it one more time. If you want to live like no one else lives, you have to live like no one else lives. Meaning you have to do things different. You can't do what the crowd doing. You can't do what everybody else doing because what the masses do is not different. We have one percenters for a reason. Okay? So, actually, I'm done preaching to y'all. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you take something from it and you actually use it. Like I said, and like I will always say, manage your money so your money doesn't manage you. It's going to come a time when, or not even come a time because I'm experiencing this right now. If my sisters hit me up and say, let's go, I'm just using Tata for example, because that girl loves to take a trip. <laughs> Key, you want to go to Italy in two months? Girl, what? I'm building a business. Leave me alone. But <laughs> there's going to come a time in my life when she says, Key, you want to go to Jamaica or you want to go to Paris? And I'm going to say, sis, let's go because the money is going to be there. Money is going to flow to me easily because of how I manage it right now. And that's the same thing. Y'all don't have money issues. Y'all have management issues. So learn how to manage your money so your money doesn't manage you. This episode was sponsored by MainVest. MainVest, oh my gosh, y'all. It is an app that I am completely in love with. And the reason why is because it allows you to invest in small businesses. Or should we say scaling businesses? Because I don't really like the idea of small because we're not putting nothing little, nothing small, anything like that in front of nothing that we're doing. But you get the clue. Businesses that are not as big as an Apple or as big as a Google or Amazon. Yes, you get to actually invest in these businesses. The thing is, though, when you invest in these businesses, you don't actually get equity in the business. It's almost like a loan to the business. So you'll get your money back plus interest. And you get to decide what small businesses that you actually want to invest in. So it is a great way to put your money in a place where you know for a fact you're going to get your money back plus interest. So please, if you are interested in making a difference within our local business community, make sure you check out MainVest. So thank y'all so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you have taken taking something out of it that you can actually apply. And always remember, with exposure, execution, and consistency, there is nothing you can't do. Bye, y'all. See y'all next week.